0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Third Eye
1: Awakening. Today, I am super, super pumped. I have Ben Carroll with me to have a conversation about, oh my gosh, the cyclical nature of the human ascension, awakening, expansion, the the cosmic cycles, the galactic cycles, our vibrational state and how that patterns our reality, sound healing, reconnecting to our deeper selves. All kinds of things. It's going to be an awesome conversation and I'm really excited to dive into it. So first of all, Ben, thank you so much for being here and for joining me in this conversation. And second, can you start out by telling us a little bit about your own awakening journey and what that's been like for you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me because I'm a fan of your podcast. I love I love listening to what you have going on. So it's just truly an honor to be here. So thank, thank you. you. And uh, yeah, so so my awakening really kind of happened in different stages. It first kind of came on when I was in my between like 17 and 20. I went through a period where I just came into I just started being able to download information and just being led in a lot of different directions, kind of being intuitively taught about the multidimensionality of reality and the way that, you know, we are kind of the creators of our own Reality and a lot of things happened during those years, but I, I remember I got to a, a certain point where I had to make a decision. You know, because it was also a really frustrating time because they, at that time, you know, I don't even know if Google existed in in the in the late '90s, so there wasn't a lot of ways to connect with with anybody, and the, the only way to really find out information, I used to go to 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 the to Barnes and Noble and like <laughs> go, go to like the new aid section and try and randomly pick books that I couldn't afford to buy and read what are good in the store. But at, at, at a certain point, you know, I, I had to make a decision what I was going to do with my life. And I got to a point where I, you know, I was kind of teetering back and forth between going into psychology, psychiatry, because I had been really influenced by many lives, many at masters and Carl Jung and a bunch of stuff that I was re- reading at that time, or going the more worldly route of music, trying to make it as a musician. And I ended up, um, deciding to try and pursue music. And I did that and ended up signing to Universal Records a couple of years later and lived a really crazy life for about 10 years. And then as that kind of dwindled down in during that time, I wouldn't say I was very connected at all. I was very much living in ego and just kind of living in that ego bubble. But it was an experience I definitely needed to have because when I came out of that, I started, you know, I, I moved to Maine from New York City and kind of just started letting things be and just allowing myself to get back to my center. Cause I, I, I knew that I kind of left that behind and I came back to that and I just allowed myself the space to, to kind of breathe into that and, and come back to that. And, and then, you know, I started kind of having a, having a reawakening in like 2011 and it slowly built up and by the time 2014 kicked in i had some massively life altering experiences and which kind of led me from the transition between being a touring rock musician to being someone that does sound healing or whatever you want to call it happened ultimately because of of that transition and that major experience but yeah it's it's not like I had an awakening experience and I was like, Oh, I'm awake now. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of like I had, I had a lot of experiences when I was younger. And then I kind of chose to, I, you know, it's, it's frightening when you're a kid and you're not going to know, not knowing how you're going to be able to thrive in the world and deciding to go that, that route and actually being successful at it and realizing that it's not all it's cracked up to be. It was actually very disconnecting and then coming back and finding an even greater reawakening. But that was like, that was like the awakening process. I needed the experience of slightly awakening to going through a dark period to coming back into a lighter period.
1: Yeah. And it probably like segues beautifully into what we were talking about just before I hit record about like the cyclical nature of these things, right? Like it, it's not a linear trajectory at all.
2: Not at all. Not at all. E- even, even within the high periods, there's, there's a cyclical nature to that. Well, sometimes I'm definitely more connected than other times.
1: Mm -hmm. and so so when you had that experience that big experience that shifted your trajectory like I think it's really cool that you were able to make it work as a musician simply because even though that's not I mean one of the things I realized over the last couple years is that failure isn't real it's not a real thing it's a it's like a boogeyman that keeps us from really going for it right because we're afraid we're going to fail but you you succeeded as a musician and that allowed it to evolve into something else whereas if you hadn't taken that path because of the the sort of insecurity of you know is it am i going to be able to make it is it is it going to work you might well you would be in a very different place in your life but you might kind of still be like lodged in that almost like haunted by like what if i had tried it or i i the desire to still live out that that pathway. And yeah, you're doing it, allowed it to evolve into something that's related, but quite significantly different, which is doing sound healing.
2: Absolutely. And I would not be doing what I'm doing now. Well, I mean, I think that was kind of like the path I laid out for myself coming in here. I needed to have that experience working with energy on that level, working with the the energy of a crowd of hundreds of thousands of people every night and feeling the way that you can take that in and kind of turn it into something else and put it back out, that was really like the the birth of the understanding of of how energy can work and flow that way and how you can kind of channel and direct it into specific things. That was definitely a very chaotic version of channeling and directing it, but it was fun and exciting. But without having that experience, I would definitely not be doing what I'm doing now, which is the sound healing work I do is basically 99.9% group work. I'm very much called to just work with uh, group energy. It's kind of what I do.
1: That's super interesting because I feel like a lot of people are called to do like 101, like really intimate deep dives. But as you're talking about being on stage and learning how to basically it feels to me like communicate on an energetic level with a, like a huge crowd of people. I mean, Even for me, thinking about that is really kind of mind bending because I'm imagining it through like filtering through your chakras and like what it must have been like to feel that much energy moving Mm -hmm. through your chakra center. And I imagine at the time you weren't really thinking about it in those terms. But do you have any reflections to share on it from where you are now about what it was like to connect with a crowd that big? Yeah. Like music?
2: yeah it was it was a very that side of it the energy side of being being in a crowd was a was a very it's an amazing experience and it's it's kind of like what was shown to me later and what was what it was described to me as is is working as a transducer taking that energy in and kind of shifting it into something else and putting it back out kind of like refined kind of like a reverse prism you know all the the different rays come in and you focus it in and point it back out as a as a beam a solid beam and yeah and that's that's also kind of like what's understanding that was so important coming into this time now doing this work when things have really kicked into high gear and the energies are shifting understanding how to do that and take that energy in and, and amplify it by bringing people together you know all of us together create an amplifier the energy of us coming together creates the amplifier that can take all those things and focus it so that people can actually absorb the higher frequencies at a, you know, easier. Yes, is the word.
1: Yeah, I love that description. It kind of reminds me of like the way that I, I visualize it and understand it. It's kind of like energy laundering. Like you're taking, yeah. like people are offering you all this energy, and you're taking it in. If you can be really conscious about it, you are like taking it in and laundering it through your own energy field, and then putting it back out for them in a, like you said, in a, in a. Um, in a refined form.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I love that description.
1: And do you feel like I'm? I'm assuming, but I would like to offer it to you to let me know if it if you do feel this way. But do you feel like that's what you're doing too with the group work and the sound healing?
2: Energy laundering. <laughs> that's that's most definitely part of it. Another part of it is integrating, helping people to release the denser energies that are coming to the surface at this time. With with the shifting of energies, helping people to kind of transmute that and open themselves up to be able to absorb the higher frequency energies that are available coming into our solar system at the time.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So tell me about your perspective on all of that, because all of that resonates with me. Basically what I think about pretty much 100% of the time is just this, I feel like we're being triggered left, right, and center right now. And it's because we're already holding these densities in our field and we've just kind of been holding them down and like, you know, following the, the British World War II poster, like keep calm and carry on. Like we don't want to look at our density. We don't want to see it. We just keep going. And and it's sort of like, I don't know, the benevolent powers that be sort of like pulled the plug on some of those and they're like, okay, now it's time though to deal with your shit. And and so we're having all these things that come And trigger those densities that are already there to come to the surface and it is in my perspective too to clear it out of the way because there is so much higher dimensional energy that wants to come in higher frequency energy and that it can't it can't fit if we don't kind of clear out the pipes first so but I would love to hear sort of how you perceive all of that everything that's happening and you were telling me before I hit record that You were having conversation with your parents back in, like, was it 2012 or 2014, that, you know, you kind of knew that this was going to happen.
2: Yeah, that was about 1997. Oh, Uh, wow. We were talking about what 2012 was, the Mayan calendar, and I kind of intuitively knew that it was a galactic cycle, some kind of major cycle within our, our galaxy. And through the refining of that information over years, I came to have an understanding that our space... Our space in the galaxy goes through evolutionary cycles where the energy field that we are within goes through cycles where it lowers our level of consciousness and then raises it back up over, you know, over thousands of years, humanity has ascension and descension experiences. And these in the mind calendar was, was kind of like, not, maybe not like a bullseye dart pinpoint to exactly when it was, but just like the time when things, started shifting and I, I think it happened to, started happening a little bit before that, but now we are definitely in high gear of things shifting. But yeah, I, 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 to get back into the actual question, if I even remember what it was, the, the cyclical nature in where we're at right now is we are, we've been moving into a space of higher charge energy for, for quite a while. And I feel like that there were actual buffers in place to, to kind of protect us from Cause we certainly weren't ready to be able to handle a lot of the higher frequency energies. And I think, over sometime over the past two years, those have been taken out. And, you know, we have all these higher frequency energies coming in and we've been subjected to all this programming. Some of it is just the programming of, of being born and living on the planet. You know, we, we are subjected to belief systems, monetary systems, religions, schooling systems. And all the stuff that ingrains us ingrains into us very specific ways that we believe this reality to be and this shifting of energies kind of goes against that and there's also a lot of denser energies lingering beneath the surface and these higher frequency energies are coming in and kind of stirring that up starting to bring it to the surface like oil and water it's just starting to come up and you can i've been talking about that for years and over the past three years It's like, oh, my God, I I guess I'm I'm not just full of shit. (laughs) 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 Because sometimes, you know, you talk about it for long enough and you're like, what am I even talking about? But holy shit, the past three years have just been like, on the one hand, amazing, on the other hand, extremely difficult for a lot of people, but just also very validating for me and seeing this shift actually starting to take place at a scale that is undeniable. You know, seeing people starting to wake up but also seeing these denser energies that are just coming to the surface because they are no longer a vibrational match with this the state of resonance that our planet is in
1: mhm and and so how does sound healing support that like the the actual releasing I mean, I think I know, but i love love to hear it from you when somebody comes or like you have a group together and you're you're using your singing bowls. How does that dispel the density from their field?
0: Yeah.
2: Well, it basically my my view of it is it kind of the sound, the vibrations and the group energy of people coming together helps to alter a person's consciousness in a way that they're able to release it for themselves. I feel like I'm just kind of like, I don't know what the word is, if conduit's the right word. I'm I'm perform I'm Helping them get to a state of consciousness where they're able to release that themselves and, you know, coming together in groups just makes it so much more powerful because you have all that energy feeding into each other and amplifying. You know, it it really is like an amplifier. If that answers the question, because again, I don't remember what it was.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it does answer the question. The way that I perceive it too is kind of like, well, because it's vibration, I see density as being just like it it feels to me and people's energy feels like kind of like a thick tarry glob, like the Mm. consistency of molasses or something like that. And so it's vibrating very slowly. And when, when we apply other vibrational frequencies to it, it's kind of like it dislodges it. Like people can't, you know, I don't use video for my podcast, so people can't see what I do, but I'm moving my hands and so like there's this vibrational resonance that is kind of like shaking loose the the sticky places where the molasses texture is stuck, and then it kind of like forms it into like like a ball that can be like lifted and released out of the field. But I agree with you, like people's consciousness has to do it themselves. They really have to be ready and so say for example, i I I perceive that even if the healer is so powerful that they can remove, you know, somebody's density form without their cooperation, let's say, it will often just return because mm-hmm. they're still attached to it. Kind of the same way that like a surgeon can a very gifted surgeon could potentially like surgically remove a cancer's tumor, but if the person isn't consciously ready to relinquish that density and allow that space to be filled with a higher frequency of consciousness, then the tumor will often regrow. So I feel, I agree with you, like it, it's it's just setting setting the tone for people's consciousness to do it themselves.
2: Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's definitely an elasticity to it where, and it, and it comes down to the resonance we're holding in the society we live in and the fact that there's all these things that are designed to Kind of keep us in these lower states, and uh, you get to a place, and it's it's a lot like it's if you know what somatics are, it's it's very much similar to that, where you have the resonant state is kind of holding like a vibrational patterning within within your field, and you get to a point where able to move out of that, and the the actual patterning of your energy can shift, but if the core of your belief system is still entrained with the lower frequencies, you're going to ultimately come back down in frequency in that. Pattern is going to shift right back into into what you were holding before, but it's also cyclical. You know, I don't think we're ever completely going back to where we started.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think that healing is is very cyclical in nature, or I've heard people describe it as spiralic. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, do an amount of healing and you think like, oh, sweet, I healed from this thing; it's done now. And then, you know, you come back around to it sometime later and it can be discouraging if you don't realize it's cyclical or spiralic and you feel like i thought i healed this and like what the fuck but actually it's just like there's another layer and there's another layer and for me i mean i noticed this and observed this in myself where i in in the years past it doesn't seem to happen so much anymore and i think it has to do with just the changes that we're going through but in years past it's like the quality of the light and the temperature and all the little like ambient sensory, you know, impressions from a certain, like, say I was, you know, in a dark place in the autumn and then I I moved through it. It's like the next autumn, not according to the calendar dates, but according to the, the light and the sort of the bird song and the temperature and those things would trigger it up again. And i I just started to notice the pattern that like oh okay, uh, it's it's there's just another layer that it's not that I didn't actually properly heal before. It's just like it's almost like a great you get a grace period, like you can only do so much healing in one go and then you get a break from it, and you get to just integrate and carry on with life, but then, oh, it's time to come back around to do a little bit more work. <laughs>
2: Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah. And, and describing it as a spiral is so much more accurate because cyclical can kind of like can kind of like point as a closed system. But there there are no closed systems. The spiral keeps going forever and ever.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think that's why I wouldn't notice the, the shift with the calendar date. I would notice it with like those ambient sensory sort of triggers, because I don't think I think. That our calendar is like a ridiculous hijack system. I mean, I don't really know Gregorian calendar anyway, but just it doesn't, it it feels like it's off. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, like when the calendar comes around to the next time, like they'll say somebody might notice this if they have like an important anniversary of like a breakup or a death or something that they can really pinpoint to a date. I feel like we seldom feel it on the actual date itself. We feel it somewhere around the date. And part of that is our own like mental buffering systems because we're prepared for the date. And then it kind of sneaks in around our buffer. But I think it's also because the calendar isn't an accurate, it doesn't accurately reflect the spiral. Like like you said, the spiral, it's not a closed system. So the spiral, we shift with every sort of turn that is made. We shift ever so slightly.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I I agree completely. Mm-hmm. And, and I, well, that's, that's, that's also, we're undergoing a lot, uh, an intense part of a larger cycle of that same exact thing.
1: Yeah, very intense. So tell me more about just kind of how you see, like your whole entire worldview. Like, how do you, how do you filter and interpret the, events of the last three years and like kind of where do you see us going and not really like in a predictive manner but more just like what do you feel what feels true to you
2: okay so the the events of the past few years i, I you know I, I think it's because of the the shifting of the energies like we we're talking about and all this denser stuff coming to the surface and and i think you know it was very tough for a lot of people, but it's, it's something that has to happen. We have to release this stuff. And I believe that there's ultimately, you know, there's so many overlapping timelines in this period, there's so many options, but I think there's a really strong pull towards an, a path line, a path of, of kind of a positive ascension and the path of a negative ascension. And I, I believe we kind of get to choose the experience that we want to have and This period right now is an opportunity to release all of these denser things that we've held individually and collectively, one in the same, allowing ourselves to get into a space where we can choose the pathway of a positive ascension experience. And, you know, ultimately moving into a place where our consciousness expands and we we recognize the multidimensionality of our consciousness and are able to expand past this 3D world of The monetary system and all the things that are kind of there to i don't like saying it this way but enslave us or keep our resonance low and get past that stuff to the point where we can truly awaken and you know i i i think i i'd certainly want to have that experience and you know whether that takes 10 years or 300 years i have no idea either way in terms of galactic cycles 10 10 years is like not even the blink of an eye, so, you know, three hundred. Right. the blink of an eye. So who knows how long it's going to take? But we're definitely seeing it being sped up significantly. And yeah, I I I, I know personally, personally, how amazing. I, I kind of had we we talked about this like for just a second at the beginning. I kind of had like a micro ascension experience in two thousand fourteen, and just it really showed me. And it's so it, a lot of it is just so hard to put into words. But I had an experience where I was functioning within this world and living in the same spaces but I was coming from a place where I was completely different the way I interacted with the world the way I felt the world was so completely different from from the way you know I I do even now and just having that experience realizing that that is available to us you know how can you not want that because it was that was the most amazing thing I have ever experienced in my life it lasted about the intense part of it lasted about about seven to nine days in 2014 in july and it was it was amazing i i had so many just intense experiences you know seeing seeing energy working with energy i literally and it sounds crazy i mean Crazy, whatever. But at one point I literally like walked through a mirror into a world of refracted energy and, and geometric patternings. And not that it matters, but I, I was at that point in time, I was also, I, I, I didn't do anything at all. I didn't even drink coffee. I didn't take cold medicine. I was stone cold sober. So if you're thinking I was on plant medicine, I wasn't, not that I have anything against it, but I was very sober. I had experiences of going outside and literally just calling torrential downpours and so many other amazing experiences experiences of meeting with with light beings and it was amazing absolutely amazing and there's a longer story there about how that actually came to pass but the short version is i got to a really high point and then that kind of wore off after about those nine days and i kind of went back to being normal and then as summer turned into fall i went to a super super low point in my life I was really depressed, very worried about finances. And ultimately I I came to realize that that was, the low point was just showing me that I couldn't hold that high point because of all the contradictory information that I had against that, all these, all the programming that I was holding about the nature of the reality that is, I don't want to say false because it's, it works in the 3d reality, but false when you're trying to hold a much higher frequency, all that programming was ultimately what entrained me back down to a lower state and you know i've been kind of trying to figure out how to work my way back there ever since <laughs> oh.
1: yeah i mean that's such an amazing experience can you hear me okay
2: yeah i hear you're fine you it says your network bandwidth is low
1: here i'll try turning my thing off that's such an amazing experience and i think it does matter like i Again, like I I started just recently after a long period of sobriety, very long, extended, like, I don't know, almost a decade, I think, of totally not using anything. I recently started using plant medicine again. But I do think it, it is important to distinguish that, not to discredit what happens on plant medicine at all, mm. but because there is, there is this, like, built-in mechanism that's part of the programming that tells us that oh if it was plant medicine or like if it was drug induced or substance induced at all then it's probably it's just it's just that you know like it's not real so i think it is extra confirming and validating in the sense when we hear experiences like you just shared and we like hear that oh oh those things can happen without plant medicine that's like That's very powerful. And what you said about calling down rain, I literally just did kind of a slightly bitchy live on soul space because I I'm really feeling like the amount of power that we have, but what we have to give up in order or be willing to trade in basically in order to activate that power. And I was explaining like, like we can change the weather. I know because I remember doing it on two different occasions, but I was untrained. So, you know, I wasn't like I knew I had done it, but I didn't really know how to do it. But um, I just love that you mentioned that because of that synchronicity there, because I know it sounds or to me when I'm saying it, I feel like it sounds like, you know, ridiculous bullshit and like I'm just exaggerating. But I actually fully believe that we are able And I don't know if this is true of everyone, but that we are able to change the weather, for example, or control the weather, but rather than do it through technologies, we do it through an internal mastery. So like really, really mastering the potency of our energy fields and being able to direct it where, you know, we want it to go. And that that also involves like a deep level of consideration of like the, the effects of the effects on the whole collective of creation, you know, when we're. Where we're changing the weather, but I would, would love to hear more about this experience. Whatever you're willing to share of just like, you know, what 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 brought you there, like how you came to have this experience, and how wild it must have felt to have gone through it for you know seven to nine days. And then I also really loved that you mentioned that afterwards you kind of like you had like a. a a come down experience and you went into like it's like it it shone a spotlight on that limiting programming that was in there because i think that happens for a lot of people i get a lot of messages from people kind of expressing their confusion around like having these amazing experiences of their own and then feeling like it just it goes away and then they're like oh like i've lost my connection and I think it's actually just exactly what you said. Like it's, it's a spiralic, cyclical process. And we, we, just because we get brought there, you know, through whatever avenue we get brought there doesn't mean that we know how to hold it. And there's still a lot of density, those things that we pick up just by virtue of being born that, you know, those things have to get cleared out and, and it just, it feels shitty in contrast. Yeah. Yeah. If you're willing to share more detail about your experience, I'd love to hear it.
2: Absolutely. And and that particular experience, you know, that was that I, I feel I know was a gift that was given to me so that I, you know, I could do the work that I'm doing now or really just maybe a course correction because because sometimes we need a smack in the face, too. But it all it all kind of started in 2013. Asheville, North Carolina kept coming up for me repeatedly in very synchronistic ways. It kept happening and happening and happening. And then at one point I was at an airport at the time I was living in Portland, Maine, and I was at the gate. I, I had a long layover, like three or four hours. And it's, and I was reading a book and sometime during those three or four hours, the gate actually changed for my flight. And I was sitting at a, a gate for Asheville, North Carolina. And that was just like one, you know, one of many, many things that happened. So I ultimately, I ended up making it there, I think, the first week of June in 2014. And the very first night I was there, I had an experience where I was blasted awake by a massive amount of energy sometime during the night. And I shot across the universe, like super, super, super fast. And the only thing I heard while I was shooting across the galaxy was a series of attending ascending pitches, just pitches that going up and i felt like i was trout that sound was actually what was causing me to travel but it was it was very very intense and i got afraid and and i kind of snapped back to my body even though i know something happened and i just can't remember it and i you know I, i still had a very after coming back i still had a very tingly energy and had a lot of communication was shown two pieces of paper with holes in it that needed to align so I could get a very specific energetic transmission for whatever reason in that area and that specific event I think is what ultimately ended charging me up because a month later was when I had the what I just what I started calling the micro ascension experience I I just started calling it that today so and yeah it, it was it was it was That's. I I feel like it was. It was given to me to kind of like put me on the path that I am right now. On so you know help, help to, first of all have that experience and realize that that way of living is right here with us. We can have that any time that we're able to move into that higher resonance, and the universe is taking us there. Regardless, you know we're just stuck in our ways and we're we're fighting completely against it whether we realize it or not in a lot of ways just by the the patternings of our lives and the, and the beliefs that we hold but having that experience just made me not not just realize it was available but having had the experience just you know wanting us all to live from that place because that is it's it's just it's like the same exact world but the way everything interacts together is is i guess the way it re- really is so So interconnected, energy is just the the state of reality not being physical, but just a pliable energy that we're able to work with and mold and come together on such deep levels. And I was doing Reiki at the time, and I I remember how amazing and connected that felt, and just the fact that that is right here with us when we can finally get to the point where we can hold that experience. You know, I mean, that's I guess that's the multidimensionality nature, the multidimensional nature of reality is it's it's all right here, but having. But saying that and experiencing that are so completely different experiences and having that, having had that experience and the the fact that it was tones that made me as a musician, it was intriguing. But after that, I, I actually started working with tuning forks. I would, I would have, you know, every morning I would sit with tuning forks and kind of play them around in my body. And I saw, and I would see a lot of geometric patterns and I would write those down and I would write down whatever information came to me at that time. I have. Like stacks of notebooks that are probably like four feet tall that I'll probably never read, but just so I started working with the tuning forks, and then from there I got interested in singing bowls. And really, I wanted to know what it would be like to sing with the singing bowls. So I, you know, I got a bowl and started singing with it, and it was really interesting the way the voice and the bowl kind of interact. You you can kind of create almost like a third frequency that kind of shifts energy. And for a while. I was just the singing with the bowls the way I do now was just something I did for myself every morning. It was my own personal meditation practice, traveling practice that I did for myself. And I never, ever in a million years wanted to do that in front of anybody because it was, it. I, the thought of that was mortifying, but you know, I, I started doing that every day and doing that, I was able to achieve, you know, altered states of consciousness and just feel really open and amazing. And at that time, after I stopped touring, I was teaching guitar two days a week. And that was, that was my source of income. And magically in 2016, the end of 2016 into 2017, all of my students. Stopped lessons within a matter of two weeks and it was way. You know, and these, it's not, some of them are even back now because I still, I, I'm back to teaching guitar a couple of days a week, but it was just really coincidental the way that everything just kind of stopped. And I was, and I was at that, you know, leading up to that time, I was getting offered group sound healing gigs fairly regularly and I'd take some of them and, but it, I wasn't called to do it at all. But having my income just stop abruptly and i getting offers to do this stuff is when I I started actually thinking about doing it. In preceding that, I was only playing the bowls. I would I would just do like your standard sound healing event, play the bowls. But through through the matter of need, I I decided to just see what it would be like to to sing with the bowls. So I, I booked three events over the course of a week because I knew if I did one and it and it and it sucked, <laughs> I would never do it again. So I did three, and all of them went really well. And I actually one of those was like a, a crystal fair type of thing and i got a lot of other offers after doing that and within a matter of weeks maybe maybe a month maybe maybe 6 weeks i i was doing it for a living so it was it was definitely a complete switch but yeah it was it was all built into that experience and that and so much more but yeah it was changed my life
1: it's really amazing. And I'm kind of chuckling to myself as you tell this story because I'm like, it's not the way it goes for so many of us. Like we, it's like our higher self or our guides or somebody has to like cut us off from, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're like, okay, you're not, you're not getting it. So <laughs> here, here we go. But I'm so glad they did. And I'm so glad that you, you took the, took the, the next step to explore all of this. And also while I was listening to you go deeper in this, this micro ascension experience that you had, I'm thinking like what you're describing is what it sounds very similar to what I understand what we call new earth to be. Mm. I, I understand that it's here. Like I don't see us going to a new planet. If that were to like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not. I'm not saying I have the answers, so maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, I will eat my humble pie and and totally accept it. But it feels to me like it is all right here. Just like you were saying, it's perceptual, it's perceptual. And when you were saying like, you were wanting everyone to live that way or to, to feel that, to have that experience, because the things that are created from that space are so different, we can barely even fathom it. Like, when we're we're all plugged into that level of connection, I think I'm able to sort of like see the outlines, kind of the hints energetically of what we are able to create in that space. But it's like, you know, the 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 very tippy top layer of the iceberg. It's there's so much more that we we will be able to create when we're all in that space together. And it's because in that space I think we're not operating from a place of need. And you can speak to this better than I can, but I'm just so amazed that even like the things that you're, the ways that you're describing it, because lately over the last handful of months, I've been working with geometries and getting a lot of information about geometries myself. And also your description of walking through the mirror, like that was how I understood like what we're actually doing, it feels like walking through a mirror into another another dimension, and yet it's here. Like it's still not somewhere else. It, yeah, it, wow, that makes sense to you.
2: That makes that makes perfect sense, and that actually clarifies that experience because it was kind of like not just a cool experience. It was like, yeah, yeah, exactly what you said.
1: Yeah, like maybe we're maybe we're actually you know shown what is. What we can experience, what we can, because my understanding of the fifth dimension of consciousness, first of all, I, and again, total caveat, like I could be wrong about all this. Uh, This is just the way I perceive it. But the fifth dimension of consciousness is where we, it's the portal that connects us to all the higher dimensions, where we're kind of, we feel separated from it here in our current bandwidth of frequency that our consciousness is you know hanging out at so we feel separated we feel like we're in this a, a fishbowl but actually when we move through the fifth dimension of consciousness we connect with all of it and the fifth dimension is like the combination of being in a in an individuated experience so having our unique perspectives but also at the exact same time knowing completely knowing and feeling and living that we are all one consciousness at the same time. And so maybe you just like, maybe, you know, however it came to to pass that you had that experience, maybe they were just like, we're just gonna send you on a vacation to, you know, like the new earth for, you know, a week and you'll be changed forever.
2: (laughs) Maybe, it was probably more like, all right, this guy's just not getting it. (laughs) We gotta do something. (laughs) (laughs)
1: it's amazing though that you had that experience and then can we go a little bit deeper too into then what it was like you know as you alluded to when you started to come down from it and like back in did you feel like even extra heavy being in this reality
2: absolutely very much so And it was it was a lot of my belief systems weren't a match with the resonance that I was holding. So it was creating a lot of cognitive dissonance, which was lowering my vibration at a massive rate. And, you know, there's just so many things that we're subjected to that are false, like the idea of scarcity and the idea of the need to purchase our right to live on the planet in you know, just so, so, so many things, the work of our belief systems that is the ultimate structure for the reality that we built here in 3D that just aren't a match with that higher state of being. And it, this is looking back at it. That's what I came to understanding it as. But at the time, it just felt like shit, just got to a really low point and didn't understand why. But it started, you know, started examining my own life and seeing all these things that just didn't add up. Because when I was in that experience, even I remember sarcasm just didn't feel right. it it just it just felt wrong because you were actually saying something but meaning a different thing in that that difference in the vibrational match was actually kind of jarring. And you know that's kind of a good example that experience for all of our reality. We're like kind of saying one thing but doing another, and it and it ends up putting us out of tune. Like when you hear an extreme dissonance, you know, and I guess somatics is another another good example for that. When, when, when all the particles are moving crazy, you know, when, when the, the pitch doesn't match a resonant frequency, all the particles of somatics are, are if you're familiar with it, mm-hmm. all the particles are moving kind of without any relation to anything else until you get to a, a, a resonant frequency. Those, those particles just snap into a a shape and hold the shape Well, they're all moving and flowing, but they're moving and flowing and holding that specific shape. And, you know, it feels like that we, we are just kind of, we're in a state of dissonance uh, and it's a state of transition. And, you know, I'm not saying that's bad either because we need to have all these experiences. We're here to have all these experiences. I mean, we're here by choice and all, you know, there's so many levels to all of it. But this specific transition from from 3D to 5D or whatever words you want to assign to it, it's, it's really all about that. You know, it's all about releasing the uh, the belief systems that we've, we've been working with for however long, the program that we're running, we've been running in this reality matrix, the hero's journey and the, the journey of separation and realizing that those are no longer a vibrational match with the higher frequency energies that are coming in and affecting the planet. So strongly at this time, seeing that starting to buck and rye the way cymatics does until we're able to actually move into the resonance state where we're in tune with where we're at right now because the this the earth has moved into that resonance but we're still trying to hold the lower frequency and it's creating that dissonance and when we're able to come together hopefully you know we'll be able to move into a space of of consonants of harmony (laughs) and and really awaken up to awaken to that level of reality that 5d or new earth or whatever you want to call it because yeah it's 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 right here just what i was talking about is just our personal energetic experience of being in the reality matrix and the way we are defining it and working against the the higher frequencies
1: yeah i think that was amazingly put and it's so interesting like i i, I kind of feel like those old belief systems have have already they've already fallen but we have to get up to speed with that and we're in the really painful part of the process where we're realizing that like all of those belief systems were totally optional like they are not objectively true at all you know like the for example what what you said i used to struggle that's so much about feeling like i have to pay just to exist Mm
2: mm-hmm
1: and I mean, you, right? Me too. I, I just don't struggle with it as much anymore because I, I guess I'm in my own process of transmuting it. And it's definitely a process. It's not that I'm never there. It's just, man, I used to struggle with that one real bad. <laughs> it's like an artist thing, I think, especially, right? When, you, when you're a creative person and then you get this like programming that your, your creative offerings aren't. I don't know that they're like a luxury or that they're not necessary for survival. And then you're like, but why do I have this like impetus in me to create Then, like, why can't, you know, anyway, but I think Sorry. that your analogy of thematic it, it's amazing because that's how I understand the shift from carbon to crystalline. So when, when we hear like all, I really love kind of decoding the new age spiritual, I don't know, terminology that we hear that kind of sounds ungrounded and a little bit woo-woo to my perception. So one of them is like, oh, our DNA is shifting or we're shifting from being like carbon-based beings to crystalline beings. And it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? To me, your analogy for cymatics is perfect. The carbon base is like when we're on the, you know, for we're all grades of- Salt on a, a metal plate, like a somatic plate, and uh, a non, what was it? Did you say like a pure tone? Was that it? Like uh,
2: uh, what, what they're using is a, a pure tone frequency to vibrate the plate. The, right.
1: The, so if, the, if, it, if it's not a pure tone frequency and the plate is vibrating, then all the little grains of salt or sand or whatever, you know, water or whatever is being used uh, to illustrate it is they are <laughs> chaotically bouncing around. And to me, that's what the carbon structure is like. It's just, it is more amorphous. It doesn't, it it's not at a resonance that creates patterns where energy and consciousness flows freely. And the shift to the crystalline DNA is like a consciousness shift where we all sort of like tune ourselves to that pure tone, because the universe is already playing the pure tone. It's our consciousness that helps to get up to speed with it. And then our physical structures start to reflect that as well. Like our physical structures start to reflect like these beautiful climatic patterns. And that's what crystalline DNA means to me, because under, under a molecular microscope, the difference between crystal and then other forms of rock, like granite, for example, is on a, on a molecular arrangement level, granite is very amorphous. And so the energy just doesn't move through it in their general flow. And crystals are like, their atoms are arranged in, in a way where, like that's why quartz is an amazing conductor because mm. it's arranged on a molecular level such that the energy flows very freely through it. So I think that's even like, that cymatics example is such a beautiful illustration of just the whole entire shift that we are experiencing. and It, it all comes down to our consciousness and whether we're willing to transmute these totally optional limiting beliefs that we have and hold ourselves into a level of integrity that you were indicating when you were using the example of sarcastic speech. Like, what if we just spoke honestly? and and with integrity and then we carried ourselves and we act with honesty and integrity it feels like a huge leap from here <laughs> but i do think we're better.
2: <laughs> yeah me too yeah and somatics is you know has been my way of understanding it for for quite a long time i've used that analogy many many times over in hundreds of different events like that was the one thing i always talked about but yeah i mean words words are tricky beasts. It's hard to pin things down and people get attached to certain things, but it's all just trying to describe intangible shifting <laughs> the intangible on one level, intangible on the level of, of language. Language is tricky.
1: Language is tricky. I always moan and complain about it because it feels, especially English, just feels like, I'm like, why? Like there are no words in our vocabulary to
2: I know.
1: describe this specific energy, but you know, we do our best. I think we do pretty good pretty good job at communicating with each other yep. nonetheless. Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm like we're we've been talking for an hour and I'm like, what do I want to ask then before we go? There's so many things. Okay. So I'm just gonna like <laughs> I'm gonna rapid fire you and then yeah I because I'm open like okay what then what's gonna go in the secret episode. So I'm just gonna rapid fire you and then we're gonna pause. And then those answers will go in the secret episode. So, okay. I, I am very curious if you have ever had any encounters with interdimensional beings. I mean, I think you have, because you said that you had encounters with light beings and sort of how you perceive, like, you know, what, what, would colloquially be referred to as aliens or extraterrestrials, and then I also want to hear more about what it was like to like have that experience of kind of walking through that mirror, and yeah, maybe that's that's a lot. Maybe I'll just leave it
0: there.
2: Yeah, I can I can usually usually only do one thing at a time. So let me see if I remember. <laughs> 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 what's was the first one? Uh, oh, interdimensional beings. Yeah, I, I guess I've had experiences of communicating with interdimensional beings i mean i think a lot of it when i was younger was just my higher self i was talking about information that i was getting when i was like 17 to 20 but i've had a lot of interactions well i don't know i don't know what a lot is but i've had a fair amount of interactions with what i perceive as interdimensional beings which are kind of you know it's kind of like a third eye kind it's not like they're I'm in the room with them and like, hey, I'm Ben. Nice to meet you. When we shake hands, it's it's kind of like a third eye thing. And it's kind of like a different level of communication. It's not like we're we're speaking in words. It's kind of like something that I kind of download, but that's not even the right way to put it. That's a popular way to put channeling things. But I think this is different than channeling. Just kind of like perceive it on a different level, like a different multidimensional level. And then I have to come back and translate it through my through my meat, so, through my meat suit and grunting noises
1: is it like telepathic communication? Yes. Yeah. And do you know like first of all do you perceive that you have any like do you believe in star seeds or being a, like a galactic yourself and having an aspect that has is either currently, you know, experiencing a different higher dimensional realm or it has a like a history in a in a different
2: absolutely in 2014 15 16 maybe 17 I had a lot of memories come back to me and there was something that you were talking about in one of your latest podcasts I've I've probably listened to maybe eight of your podcast episodes which for me I I don't listen to a lot of words that's like that's like a lot <laughs> and I I love your podcast but there was the one of your recent episodes you were talking about having the experience of experiencing yourself on a higher level where you're actually being projected into this reality through the VR thing. And that blew my mind because I've had, a, I had a very similar memory come back to me where I, I remembered being up on a ship and seeing this kind of pod that I got into, which was recessed in the floor and you kind of stepped down into it, into a comfy space. And we didn't call it a VR thing. We called it looking kind of like a window. And again, it's translating into into words, but looking through a window into this reality. And that's how you kind of get projected in here. And the fact that, you know, the fact that you were talking about that, I was like, oh my God, like that's, I've been, I've been, you know, there, and there's the funny thing is how I was introduced to you is like my, my partner, Janine, who you briefly met before we, before we started recording, she said I had to listen to your podcast because it it sounds like everything I'm talking about. I was like, "All right, I'll check it out." And it's just yeah, a lot of your experiences seem very similar to mine, so it's 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 very cool, and validating. You know, it's it, a lot of times when you have the kind of experiences that we've had, you ne- you need the validation. It's it's so uh, it's so liberating just to find that validation. Okay. But but yeah, it, it, as far as experiences go like that, I've had a lot of different memories come in and some less actual traveling experiences like when i shot across the universe in 2014 that i talked about but many many times
1: did you did those experiences start to come more frequently for you after you started that practice of singing with the with singing with your bowls like just for yourself
2: yes yep absolutely and a lot of times i would have very intense experiences right after i finished like I was almost bilocating in two different worlds.
1: Oh my gosh. That's, I'm so glad I'm talking to you because the same, it's the same for me. Like I, I think one of my superpowers is that I'm able to hold a lot of faith, a lot, a lot, a lot of faith. So I can like navigate that space where you, you have perceptions, you have experiences and yet you live a very human and grounded life. And there's that, we all have that voice that's like, did that even happened? Or is that even real? Or kind of like, kind of gaslights us and tries to talk us out of believing what we experienced. I have, I have an incredible amount of faith so I can hear that voice and just, you know, be like, thank you for your counsel. I disregard. No, I believe in what I experience. but it's, I still do wrestle with that doubt. And then when I meet people and have conversations such as this, it's the same for me. It's like massively validating, like the I keep getting this message that, like, I'm in in I have this mastermind called Twelve Twelve, and one of the things that I keep learning that we're working towards is like bi-location, like being able to bi-locate even while we're in our our human form. So being here and being elsewhere in higher dimensions, but also like even here within the Earth realm is being like. Physically in one place and kind of physically consciously in another place at the same time.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had that experience many times. That happens that's happened many times at events as well, like being in the room that I'm in, but also sometimes being on a ship in a very specific room that's kind of got like a weird checkerboardy looking floor, but that's that's not a very good description. And like working with other beings that are helping us all together, you know, everybody coming together with the people in the room and, you know, many other things, but that, that's something that, that happened, uh, repeatedly. And then I'd had other people, cause I, it's, it's not something I, I ever talked about, but I had other people come up and tell me that they, they used to see other beings. So that was cool validation, but yeah, by, by location seems to be, and I think that's just part of waking up to the multidimensionality of our reality because of where we are here, we have such a small sliver of our consciousness available to us, but we have so much more going on at the same exact time that sometimes we can, instead of being 0.001% cognitive, we're 0.002% cognitive.
1: That's right. Yeah, exactly. We think of this huge shift, right? And it's like tiny, tiny, it's of our consciousness. Oh, what was I going to ask you just now? Darn it. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you if, like, do you remember what those beings look like? Like, if you have an experience of being bilocated and, and like interacting with beings on the ships, do they, does it register to you on a visual level that you kind of remember what they look like?
2: Not in a physical form. I, I, I generally tend to see light forms, energetic forms with those beings. I've had other experiences where I did see beings. I've seen some really tall, skinny looking beings. That was, back when I, some of my first experiences were with them, but usually it's kind of like being in a completely different reality where, where everything is energy.
1: Yeah. And, and so when you say light beings, do they have kind of like, does your mind translate them as having like a humanoidish form, but it's like a being created of light?
2: Yeah. A lot of times, yeah, they're, they're humanoid form and humanoid form with humanoid light form and there was a there was a, a graphic like a, a, a digital artwork thingy that I found that looked a lot like what I've seen which I downloaded at some point which I don't even know if I still have but yeah and it's not always the same thing
1: yeah there's a, I, I think there's a lot of variation like a lot a lot a lot of variation of the way that different beings I don't even like some of them like the real light beings I don't even think that they have like an in, incarnated body sort of for our benefit that they concentrate themselves into like a humanoid humanoid light form so that we can like uh, understand them or something you know like inter- interface with them a little bit like they're 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 creating a form for themselves that allows us to yeah grok grok it a little bit better yeah oh, man i keep forgetting I'm mean, it's raining so hard here, and I'm looking <laughs> like, keep getting distracted. Of like, rain when I go to say something. Okay, well, all right. I'm gonna close out the podcast podcast now, and then we'll shift into our secret conversation for the Patreon, in which I'm going to ask you just more about your your mirror experience. But for the purposes of the podcast. Would you kindly share with us where we can find you, like uh, what social media platforms you're on? Everything's going to be linked in the show notes, but just so people can quickly look you up if they want to. And also, are you still and currently offering group sound healings? And is there anything else that you're offering or other ways people can work with you or
2: connect with you? Yeah, I can, I can share some of that. So my, uh, my main website is inner self Sustained. Dot com. But if you just search Ben Carroll Sound Healing or something of the sort, I'm sure you can find me on Google. And I'm, I'm on Instagram. I, have a, I, I post there daily in YouTube and TikTok and Facebook and all that fun stuff. But if you go to my website, there there's portals to all that stuff. And yeah, I, I do regular... Online events, I've switched to doing mostly online work, and I do regular online events through my website, which are completely different from my in-person events because I get to add in fun things that I can't do in person, like binaural beats and synth pads and nature sounds and, and some of my sample drum instruments. And I also try, you know, I also do in-person events here and there. I just moved to Georgia, so I'm currently in the Atlanta area. But yeah, I try to, I, I do regular online events and... And I'm pretty accessible on social media. So if you want to connect, please just find me there. Although it's probably better to write me through my website if you want to ask me a question because I can get bombarded online. And, what, and plus, I hate typing on the phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: right? <laughs> just like, sometimes I'm like that too. I'll, I'll say like, oh, DM me. And then I get all these DMs that I'm like, ah, I got to hide. It's too much. It's like I can't respond to them on typing with my thumbs. Too many typos. And interesting fun fact is I the whole thing that brought me to invite you on my podcast was I read like I knew you were in soul space because I think you had commented on a few things before and I recognized like I knew your name and your profile picture and then I was I think I was searching sound healing online like I just googled sound healing and I ended up by your website I was like whoa that's Ben Carroll in soul space like he's Told me, oh my gosh and, and so i reached out to see if you would want to have a conversation on podcast because i had checked out some of your blog posts and i was like oh yeah we could have a good conversation nice yeah. yeah and i'm so glad i did so to close out the regular podcast thank you so very much for coming on i really really appreciate hearing about the experience that you've had and just the ways that you've integrated them and come to understand them over the years and hearing about, you know, the work that you're doing and how you understand the shift that we're all experiencing together and, and how your work kind of supports those who are called to it in through this shifting process. So thank you so much for joining us.
2: It's truly an honor. I'm I'm thrilled to be able to do this. So thank you. And thank you, everyone.
1: Yes. Thank you, beautiful listeners, for your attention. Powerful currency of your attention as always. It means so much to me that you would spend time with me here on the podcast. I hope you have a beautiful day or night wherever you are, and I will catch you on the next episode, my
0: friend. Hey, my beautiful friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Third Eye Awakening. If you like what you heard and you want to go deeper, then head over to my website, amybelair.com and check out my store, which is full of my past programs, courses, modules, master classes, light codes, etc., that are powerful and they are potent and they pack a punch, not gonna lie, they are here to support you, accelerate you, and activate you in your spiritual awakening and psychic development journey. And slash or If you want to stay in my most current, vibey, live energy, then I suggest that you head over to the Patreon and join me there. At the lowest tier level, which is only $5 a month, you get a secret bonus episode for every Third Eye Awakening episode that goes out. You also get a weekly energy report and light language activation, and you get a new moon and full moon emancipation transmission. So... Those are some fun ways to play, and I'll just remind you that I always have live programs going, so keep your eyes on my website, on my social media, and here on the podcast to find out what is the most current offering that I have. Either way, I love having you in my world, and I hope that I get to meet you and work with you soon.